It's time to head out on the front porch on KFRM. Grab your favorite drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation on the front porch. Tamara Wallace here on the front porch with Todd Clover from Cocker City, Kansas. He is founder and head coach of the North Central Kansas Girls High School basketball traveling team, the Wakanda Lakers. Since 1990, Todd has been coaching a total of 30 years, the past 15 years with his Lakers team, and earned his 500th win in 2019. His Laker team has qualified for the national championship for six years. He focuses a significant amount of time and resources to benefit small-town girls basketball players in the region. Todd grew up on a farm and is a longtime Beloit Area Farm Bureau agent. Welcome to On the Front Porch, Todd. Thanks for having me. Todd, let's start at the beginning. Tell us about your childhood. Well, a childhood probably, I would have to say, existed with... uh, Lots of time with sports and the family farm. I had a red, white, and blue basketball that uh, spent a lot of time shooting. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my brother, my dad, and my granddad worked the small farm that we had uh, just south of Glen Elder. We had about 600 acres. Also had ranching. Granddad always had cattle we took care of. So that meant uh, lots of hay that had to be uh, raked and picked up and bailed and all that and uh, driving combines and tractors and and just lots of great memories uh, at the end of the day we would be driving back to Cocker and dad would always stop at Glen Elder we'd get a slush for on the way home and you know it always amazed me that every day I got that brain freeze I was never <laughs> smart enough to drink a little bit slower and those brain freezes were uh, uh, pretty interesting for a few seconds but it was a lot of fun on the farm and uh, uh, dad one time said uh, the last hay harvest it was really hot, of course, that time of year, and he said, well, mm-hmm. let's wait till 10 o'clock to put the hay up at the top of the barn. We had the truck and the trailers full, and and he said, well, let's put a light up, start at 10 o'clock, and I thought, well, that sounds great. Well, uh, I wasn't very smart, because I learned out it was cooled off all the way down to about <laughs> 97 by 10 o'clock at night, get home after 1, and I thought, okay, we get to sleep in, but no, <laughs> it's right back at it at 6.30 the next morning, so... The next year, it was like, nah, we're good. Let's just go ahead and <laughs> 6, 7 o'clock at night, let's get the hay put up and go home in a decent hour. <laughs> tell, tell us about high school. High school, uh, I graduated from Wakanda East High School in Cocker City. Uh, now that would be Lakeside, the consolidation of uh, Wakanda East and Downs. I learned a lot from some great teachers. Uh, uh, one of my great memories is my science teacher, Henry Arm Connect. He was really, really good. I had him all four years of high school. A quick story on Henry. Uh, he happened to, my freshman year happened to be his first year teaching at Wakanda East and his first year teaching. And uh, he mm-hmm. had told us about the eclipse that was going to take place. And I lived a couple blocks north of the school. And I always knew he was working late at night. That first year of being a teacher, he always had a lot of preparation to do. And I just went down to to visit with him, I don't know, probably 9 o'clock, and, and 
uh, we're looking at the eclipse and, and just visiting away, and then all of a sudden we see my dad drive by, and it was maybe a little bit later than uh, Mr. Armconnect and I realized it was, and <laughs> and uh, so dad picked me up, took me home on a school night, and uh, years later at uh, class reunion he said, yeah, he said, I learned from that too. He said, I learned that uh, <laughs> uh, m- maybe uh, I don't need to know what time it is when I'm visiting with a freshman student on a school night. So uh, <laughs> just lots of good memories from the high school days. Did you play sports in high school? Played sports in high school, played all the sports, basketball football. I went out for track, wasn't any good at it, but uh, went out for track uh, during the summer, played baseball, and uh, some really good memories from uh, uh, the high school days of sports. Uh, We played uh, some really good teams in basketball. Uh, One of the the things that uh, really sticks out was one of our wins we had against Mankato because we played against Wiley Alexander uh, from Mankato, who uh-huh. is now has a chiropractic business in Washington, and two of his girls, Jordan and Aaron, played basketball on my Lakers team. Oh. So it all comes back <laughs> together. <laughs> Did you have a favorite coach in high school? We, uh, uh, of course, my dad was, you know, he was my coach in uh, pr- pretty much all the sports, even uh, summer baseball. Uh, so I, I learned so much from him. Dad was a great player at uh, uh, at Glen Elder High School and then ended up being in the Hall of Fame at uh, Kansas Westland as a football player. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I learned a lot from him. Uh, Ron McKinney was my basketball coach in high school, and actually back to the farm team, uh, uh, I helped him when we stopped on the family farm and got out of farming. Uh, I went to work for Ron, who was my basketball coach. He was a big big k-state fan and took me to k-state games he, he tried to mm-hmm. try to convert me to be a wildcat but that was the one thing he failed at he never did get me to do that and a uh, quick story uh, uh we beat uh, tipton at the buzzer i made a shot at the buzzer and, and my mom was always afraid if he named me todd that uh, my nickname would be toad and that's oh, what no. one of the older players when i was a basketball manager started calling me and ron on the local radio basketball show uh said and toad made the, sh- the game winner no. uh, to beat tipton so and that, that just prepared me to be a coach because uh you get called lots of things as a uh, as a coach so uh it was just part of the job i guess I never would have put Todd and Toad together. So, <laughs> uh, also uh, a mentor for me was uh, Coach Ken Cochran, coached at Marymount. I worked as Heart of America camps, and I really learned from him. Uh, he, he had a saying that uh, that you only get what you demand out of your players. So, mm-hmm. I really learned a lot from Coach Cochran. It sounded like he was a good inspiration. Uh, what did you do after high school? Well, I went to Kansas Westland in Salina and became a student and uh, was not uh, doing any more athletics. But uh, first semester, it was a a difficult adjustment because I met a very good friend, my roommate, Dave Whitted, who's still a good friend today. Uh And we kind of majored that first semester in things like foosball and putt-putt golf and Uh things like that. And I had a (laughs) 3.4 GPA after my first semester. So then I thought, well, I am here for an education. So... Uh, there was this big brick building I walked by to class every day, and I had to figure out what it was. They said, oh, yeah, that's the library. So <laughs> I ended up spending a lot more time after the first semester in the library because <laughs> let's just say the dorm wasn't the most conducive to uh, 
being able to study. <laughs> there was a lot of activities in the dorm, so uh, had had to uh, had to learn that I, I was there for an education. Uh, also, uh, probably uh, my favorite class was my kinesiology class uh, because it was good for preparing you to know about the human body and how it works and things like that. But the, mm-hmm. the professor was Coach Bissell, who happened to be my dad's football coach when dad was at Westland. Uh-huh. And uh, so I had a lot of respect from, for him. And he always said class starts at 8 o'clock because 8 o'clock classes for college kids are maybe not the easiest. I always made sure I was there at least 10 minutes till 8 because uh, I didn't want to, uh, to uh, disappoint Coach Bissell, who meant so much to my dad. Did you work in college? I did work in college. I worked for the social science department and uh, basically the the history professors. And I had one that I had a lot of respect for uh, was Dr. Wilkinson. I took most of my history classes from him and started out with a lot of secretarial duties and typing up tests and things like that. And I actually ended up grading tests for for Dr. Wilkinson and also... uh, uh, probably I said I had the toughest job on campus because I ended up tutoring for the history department, and so my job basically was to keep the football team eligible, and that was not always an easy thing. <laughs> and then uh, during the summer, uh, come back and worked on the farm for Ron McKinney. What did you do after college? Well, after college, uh, I actually spent the first year full-time working once again for Ron McKinney on the farm, he and Greg Nicholson, and I really learned a lot in that full year with some of the things other than the summer work I did on the farm. Uh, there was a lot more ranching and those type of things that uh, I got to learn. And a, and a quick story about that year of working on the farm. Uh, we were way up north into Jewel County, a long ways from the other fields, and it was about 11.30 at night, and Greg Nicholson gets on the two-way. We we still had the east side of the draw to do, and he said, you want to finish that east side tonight? And I'm thinking, okay, I know why he's asking that, because we don't want to have to move the combines uh, tomorrow. We, we need to move them first thing in the morning. So I said, yeah, we better get that done. So we ended up getting done about 1 o'clock at night which made for a short night and an early alarm the next day. But then we were able to move the combines back to Mitchell County early the next day so we could get started. So, uh, you know, those were some good times on the farm. I am Tamara Wallace on the front porch, and I have been visiting with Todd Clover from Cocker City, Kansas. Todd founded the Wakanda Lakers, a girls' high school traveling basketball team, and is the head coach. We have learned about his growing up. When we come back from break, we will learn how the Wakanda Lakers basketball program got started. Tamara Wallace here on the front porch, and I have been visiting with Todd Clover from Cocker City, Kansas. Todd founded the Wakanda Lakers, a girls' high school traveling basketball team, and is the head coach. We have learned about his growing up. Now we will learn how the Wakanda Lakers basketball program got started. But first, let's find out what made you want to be a basketball coach. Well, when you grow up in a uh, coaching family with dad coaching all sports basically year-round. As a kid, you are going to practice. You're the manager. Even going to league meetings at Mankato, I remember doing those type of things, watching lots of video, getting lots of the ways you used to scout back then, whether you drove and met somebody and exchanged notes, all those type of things that you did. I was wherever Dad went, that's where I was. 
Uh, so you just grew up learning to be a coach. And, you know, e- even during the summer with the baseball program, when Dad was the coach, we're on the family farm, we're working, and you have to get off early to get the field ready if you have a home game. So you learn all the behind-the-scenes stuff, whether it's taking care of equipment, taking care of facilities, all those things that uh, go along with being a coach. Tell us how the Wakanda Lakers program got started. Well, I had two uh, good friends that I played ball with in high school, uh, Keith Christine and Jerry Brown, and they happened to have mm-hmm. two very talented daughters that were coming up through junior high, just really good basketball players. I thought, man, they're really going to be good. And at that same time in 2010, my college roommate, Dave Witted, and I were out in Phoenix at the OU Bowl game. We were on our way back to the airport, ready to get on a shuttle, and Dave says, hey, the, the fourth shuttle down here has OU cheerleaders getting on it. So I'm like, okay, we can get on the shuttle with the elder OU fans here, or we can go with the cheerleaders. So <laughs> we uh, go to the fourth shuttle, and we get on there, and it wasn't the cheerleaders. It was Chelsea Welch in her OU gear who had just graduated from Oklahoma and finished her basketball career there. And being an OU fan, I listened to their games on the radio, watched when they were on TV, and I knew a lot about Chelsea. So we struck up a conversation on the shuttle and got back to the airport. We were still visiting, and I asked her what she was doing now that she graduated from OU. And she said, well, I'm working with young girls, giving them basketball lessons. And the red light kind of went off, and I thought, ah, we can bring Vanessa down and get workouts. So I got uh, Chelsea's phone number, and we kind of set things up for her to go down and do workouts with Chelsea, and that worked well. And then Bailey started going down and working with her and and long ways to Oklahoma City for the workouts, but they were very valuable. And I thought, okay, we're, we're getting better individually. Now we need, if college coaches are going to see these talented girls, we need to get a team put together. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm at Smith Center at a track meet with Bailey's uh, parents, and we started talking about players, the girls' age, and we started to put a list together. And, of course, the first one on the list was Jenna Ferris from Lincoln, Kansas, who was very talented. She ended up being uh, one of the leading scorers in the history of the state of Kansas. Had she played mm-hmm. in more games at state, uh, she would have probably ended up uh, – top five in the history of the state as far as a score uh, at all, in all classes. So that's kind of the uh, the background of how we uh, got the program started, and it was just so that, you know, we could work on getting lessons in and have ball games so that maybe uh, down the road the girls could get scholarships. Do you agree that a lot of these traveling teams, they just sign up to play games and they might not get much better because they don't work on skills? Yeah, there's there was a story about uh, Lauren Welchel from Rock Hills from Mankato that, uh, that played for me, and she had played on... Uh, a very well-known traveling team the year before she played for me, started playing for me. And when I started going to Jewel on Sundays and working with Lauren, she got so much better so fast. And initially when I was working with her, I was going up into the stands at Jewel to run the ball down after she shot. We had to do some corrections on a lot of things, and she, she showed so much improvement. And after about four or five workouts, her mom said, you know, we spent 
all last year traveling and playing games and said, Lauren didn't get any better. She just played a lot of basketball and said, uh-huh. and uh, her mom, uh, Stacy, who was a really, really good basketball player from Mankato, had a really nice left-handed turnaround shot. And uh, Stacy says, she's, my daughter's got so much better in just about four or five workouts with you. So, and and that, and that just validated what I already knew that uh, the the most important thing was not the games; it was the workouts. It was the skill work to make the girls better. How do you select players for your team? Well, for selecting the players, uh, I'm pretty picky on picking a girl to be on the Lakers. Uh-huh. Obviously, there has to be some talent there. Uh, you know, a lot of teams, they look at all-state lists and things like that. Uh-huh. That's really not what I'm interested in. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for girls with uh, with a good work ethic uh, that get good grades. That way I know that they're motivated to do doing things right. Another really big thing is, uh, you know, I have to check out the parents to see, you know, when I go to games, it's not only about seeing what the girls do during the games and seeing their body language to see if they would be an unselfish teammate, but it's really seeing how the parents behave during games because to create the family <laughs> atmosphere that we have, you can't have that one parent that's, uh, to, to be honest, a total jerk during ball games and ruins things for everybody else. So I've had many kids that uh, haven't got the opportunity to play for me or been asked to play for me because of the parents. So that's a huge part of it, too, is, mm-hmm. is uh, you know, how, how the parents behave because uh, the kids that end up playing for me, they always talk about the family atmosphere and everything. Well, there's a lot of work ahead of time that has to be done to make sure that I'm picking the right kids to be part of what we're trying to do with the Lakers program. What do you want your teams to be remembered for? Uh, well, when we uh, at Nationals last year were uh, playing in the semifinals, trying to get to the championship game, and uh, uh, Trinity Luter's dad, Tony's uh, at the scorer's table keeping the book with uh, one of the parents from the other team, and the, the person from the other team, he was actually a uh, college referee, and he told Tony, he said, the reason the Lakers won this game is they are a more disciplined offensive team and play team defense. And and I thought, oh, how ironic that a college ref that obviously sees lots of high-level basketball recognized two things that uh, we stress, which is the, the team defense and being unselfish on the offensive end. And I thought that was... Uh, uh, a really good comment. So I think that pretty well answers where we want to be. And of course, the skill, the skill work, and improving uh, is also what we want to be remembered for as a Lakers program. When does the team play? Our games are during the summer. Uh, June is such a busy schedule for the girls. Uh, they have so many things going on high school wise. We try to limit our time during June. We get some work done in the spring. We do individual workouts. They can do them year-round with me. Uh, July, then, is a very busy month for us, sometimes going into early August also, but uh, we try to cooperate so that we do not interfere with the high school programs because we know that's a priority for the girls. There's some early June tournaments. We stay off certain weekends so that they their high school coaches can get them in those tournaments for those high school teams that want to play during the summer in a tournament or two. Who do you play against in the games? 
that's pretty interesting who we play against. Uh, you, sometimes you never know. At, at Nationals this year, we started out with a team from Houston and then a team from San Antonio, southwest Oklahoma. Ended up a team from numerous schools from Kansas City. We played teams out of New Orleans. A lot of times it's Kansas teams that we play during what we call the regular season. During the summer, you'll see lots of all-state players. There are some high school, really good high school teams that you'll see. So it's a combination of all kinds of different teams, uh, lots of traveling teams, and some really good players that you get to see over the years. Todd, why do you think the girls want to play on your team? Lots of reasons. First of all, when you are geographically where we are at you don't have the opportunities that you know where you're from wichita or uh you know the eastern part of the state where it's a lot more population and a lot more good players for talented players to get together in this area to play for somebody they would have to travel they'd have to travel for practice which is not uh, you know the best situation for work and those type of things for kids i think the best way i can answer that is one of my first players was from wilson kansas carly steinley she was quoted as saying that you know playing 1a basketball didn't exactly prepare her uh, for her first year of college at kansas weston because you just see a lot of let's say lesser competition it uh-huh. doesn't prepare you to be ready for that first year and she said what got her ready was her time playing with the lakers and that enabled her to do well her first year of college and then she ended up by the time she was a senior she was an all-american and she'll end up being in the hall of fame here eventually at kansas westland can you tell us more about the practices yeah we, we practice in beloit we usually get about a half a dozen practices in the the majority of what we do is our individual work because obviously when you have girls from multiple towns schools it's hard to get everyone together so you can get together in the spring and a few times during the summer but we focus when we practice on some of the team concepts team things that we do so we can execute during games because we don't worry at that time about some of the skill work because we take care of that on an individual basis does it cost to be on the team yeah that's probably one of the different things too that i do i've never wanted someone to not be able to play for me because of uh, financial reasons so I never have anybody give me any money or anything I pay for the uniforms registration all that there of course is cost for for traveling so so you do have that so I try to eliminate uh, some of the financial issues for the families who is on the roster for the 2024 season well coming up this year we uh, we have a full roster uh, Shay and, and Sevy Wirtz from Clifton Clyde, who are right now ranked uh, second in the state in 1A Division One. Hattie Gross from Frankfurt. It'll be uh, her first year. Shay and Sevy, this will be their second year. Frankfurt is really good. You know, they're ranked really high. They were actually ranked second, and I think they moved to fourth because they have lost a game. A couple of Hoisington girls, Kylie Hahn, it's her fourth year being with the Lakers, and Tiana Luters will be her second year. Uh, St. John's Tipton, they have Carly Brummer. It's her second year mm-hmm. with us. They were really good last year, got fourth. From Beloit, new player will be Cass Thompson. Really looking forward to uh, working more with her. From Thunder Ridge High School, Cam Ritzke. She is, it'll be her third year. She yeah. has missed some time because of multiple knee injuries. And Cam mm-hmm. has been a very good contributor to the Lakers program from 
Sylvan Lucas, Maggie Labertu will be her third year with us. And then one more new player from Inman will be Sutton Harris. Ironic story on that. Her dad played for me years ago on one of my first traveling teams I had in Sutton is a very talented volleyball player that people have heard of. And she, as a mm-hmm. freshman last year, she averaged over 20 points a game as uh-huh. a basketball player. I am Tamara Wallace on the front porch, and I have been visiting with Todd Clover from Cocker City, Kansas. Todd founded the Wakanda Lakers, a girls' traveling basketball team, and is the head coach. We have learned about how he started the Wakanda Lakers. When we come back from break, we will learn why the Wakanda Lakers are successful. Tamara Wall is here on the front porch, and I have been visiting with Todd Clover from Cocker City, Kansas. Todd founded the Wakanda Lakers Girls High School Traveling Basketball Team and is the head coach. We have learned about how he started the Wakanda Lakers. Now we are going to learn why the Wakanda Lakers are successful. Todd, you had mentioned in the last segment that you built this program on skill development, which prepares the girls well for games. Was there any obstacles like COVID that made the season a challenge? That is an excellent question because quite the contrary, the COVID was the one good thing maybe about COVID was it actually helped develop the girls' skills because they literally had nothing to do because of COVID. Uh, no, No games, no practices as far as you know, their high schools was shut down. So all they had to do was do individual workouts with me. So uh, we spent lots and lots of time. I call them my COVID girls. There was four Uh of them in that class that started. We spent a lot of time doing individual workouts. Uh, Trinity Luters did 62 with me in her time with the Lakers. Miley Raby of Smith Center did 60. Lauren Welchel mentioned earlier did 54. And Keely Kenobi started uh, uh, just three years, didn't do the four years with us. She did 16 with me. So it really helped those girls because their skill level really went up that year because we spent a lot of time in the gym doing individual workouts. Also, in the first segment, you talked about your family farm. Do you ever relate basketball to farming? You know, a lot of the girls that have played for me have the good work ethic come from the family farm. You know, I think of uh, Brenda Eilert uh, of St. John's Tipton. She's a farm girl. I like having farm girls on the team because they're the easiest to get off work because, you know, <laughs> it's hard to get off as a lifeguard from the pool. You've you got to right. get the pool to be a lifeguard. But mm-hmm. the farmers, they get their farmed, farming done whenever they can. And Brenna was uh, St. John's Tipton All-State player as a sophomore. She was the player of the year in 1A and mm-hmm. state champion and had the great work ethic. And uh, a lot of that comes from being on the family farm. How do you develop player skills? The skill development in our individual workouts, it's lots of repetition. Our shooting is a lot of detailed stuff that we do. We start with our form shooting. We start close, working on follow-through. We work our way back and try to eliminate left-right misses and adjustments on short-long and get the girls in their mindset of instead of uh, kids missing shots and, and having bad thoughts. It's like, okay, what did I do wrong so I correct it the next time? And we even talk about correcting makes, you know, if it's mm-hmm. short and it crawls in because of your soft touch. You know you were short, so correct it on the next one. Those are a lot of the things that we do. We get into the footwork on shots because most people think that the biggest issues is the upper half of the body. 
uh, but it's really the lower half that creates uh, most of the issues for missed shots because of the lack of preparation with the feet. Remy Behrens from Beloit, when I'd sit with her mom at ball games, she always commented that she just, yeah, I would, I'd have a bad habit of saying good or something like that when they would release a shot because I've seen them in our workouts a thousand times and I know when it's going in and she's like how can you do that and I'm like well I know when they shoot it correct that it's going in before it ever goes in <laughs> so uh you know it's just part of that repetition and we we, we get into uh, footwork on the perimeter and uh, first step drills and decision drills and, and finishing drills there's just uh, an endless thing a number of things that we do and it takes lots of repetition and and it's it's really not totally what they do with me then they take that and do it individually on their own like trinity she does 62 of them with me she does way more than that uh, you know on her own or with her family members rebounding for or whatever the case may be and miley and the others you know they put in hundreds and hundreds of workouts and uh, that's how they become so good and become all-state players and eventually college basketball players do you ever change up your workouts from a previous year it's a continual thing where we adjust things. Uh, for example, with Trinity, after her sophomore year, she was really good shooting from three-point range and, and finishing on the break. And we, we uh, talked about we need to do some things differently for the mid-range and being able to score you know, in the 12, 14, 15-foot area. So we put some more things in for her so she could score in the mid-range. And I think she shot 60-some percent then the next year for on those mid-range shots. So it was about, you know, recognizing what we needed to work on and putting a plan together to make her better in that area. So, yeah, everybody gets, you know, we work on our weaknesses, not just our strengths, because what most players do is whatever they're good at, that's what they go to the gym and do, and they don't spend any time working on their weaknesses. How do you motivate your players? My recruiting process, I would recruit ones that are self-motivated, but also when our records that we have that I keep on different drills that we do, they, you know, they want to be the best. These are highly motivated girls, most of them 3-8, students. They know what's, what the records are of girls that have gone on and been successful at college, and they want to be at that level, so they push themselves and they put in the time in the gym to make themselves better. And our records that we keep are something that I think helps them be motivated to make themselves better because they know, hey, you know, these people before me have done better than me, so I need to work to get better. Because when you come from a small school, you know, these girls are the best players on their team, and a lot of times they don't have lots of really talented uh, multiple talented girls on those teams so it's good when they come together to be on the lakers to have all of these talented girls to, to uh, play against can you tell me more about those records of the 16 different skills and and you hand well, those out there there's numerous ones that we do but uh, the one the girls like doing the most is our consecutive threes drill kind of teaches you to repeat the good shot and continually do that and that means you have good form so what you do is you shoot threes, and you keep the number of shots that you take. You keep counting them, and when you miss two in a row, you're done, and that's your score. And our team record is 72. Uh, Trinity set that record. I know she set it because I was her rebounder when she did that. So she yeah. shot 72 times before she missed two threes in a row, which is obviously very yeah. difficult to do. Yeah. And I have other girls that uh, with extremely high numbers also, but it takes a lot of work and a lot of focus to reach that level. And uh, Keely Kenobi, uh, in our range drill, she got out to 32 feet. Uh, we start at the three-point line, and if you make, you take two steps 
two feet back. If you miss, you go two steps forward, and she got to her eighth shot before she missed. And what it does is it teaches you to keep the shot, that your strength comes from the lower half, and to keep the same form no matter how farther out you shoot from. Keeley holds the record from 32 feet on our range drill. You mentioned in the last segment about the national tournament, how you wanted your team to be remembered by. Can you tell us more about that tournament? Yeah, the national tournament, we've always gone to the Edmond, Oklahoma City area. In our division, there's usually over the years been about 50 teams come from multiple states, Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas, Arkansas, Colorado, uh, Louisiana, Nebraska, Missouri, maybe a few others. We've seen some great teams and players over the years. I remember... uh, Carly Steinle, I talked about earlier, I gave her assignment in a game. She was going to guard a, a D1 girl that was going to play at either OU or, or Oklahoma State. She did a great job in that game. We ended up getting beat by one at the buzzer. There was a team out of Amarillo years ago that we played, perhaps the most talented team I ever had. And we were down 30 points at one point in that game. You know, it was a bunch of big physical girls, and my North Central Kansas girls needed to learn that, hey, there's a lot of studs out there. There's a lot of really, really talented girls they're they're looking for those same scholarships as you and it was really an eye-opener for those girls and and made them better and three years ago my young group my COVID girls as I call them we got a roll at nationals after getting second in our pool we just kept winning and if you keep winning at nationals you keep playing in our last game before we got beat out we were playing a team out of Weatherford Oklahoma that's a big city school in Oklahoma that's a state power at the tournament every year and we got down 11 early and then uh, Trinity got hot and made six shots in a row and and they were trying to stop her doing everything they could mm-hmm. just kept making shots and eventually their coach called a timeout and it was kind of quiet in the gym and he screamed at his girls says are you stupid or something uh, to continue to let her get the ball so we started laughing in our huddle and i said <laughs> well let's see what he'll say next time to him so i said uh surely set the seat screen for Keeley to have her curl to the rim and you pop out for another three and see how mad he gets out of then. So uh, <laughs> but it was a special tournament for the girls, those young girls, Trinity I mentioned, uh, Miley Raby. That's really when we started to see her game develop. She was just very hard to guard and penetrating and making plays and getting assists. And, and Keeley was her dominating force on just doing everything well like she always did and Lauren Welchel that I had mentioned earlier in the interview that's the first time we saw her really start to step up and do the things that I knew Lauren was capable of doing. Todd you've been to the national competition you know for six years you've been successful how is that? Well it's it comes back to recruiting good kids good families uh, kids with the work ethic and they put in the skill work I tell the kids the last two years that we maybe didn't quite win the nationals the last two years but I watched all the teams we were the most skilled team our skills were good there might have been some teams that were bigger quicker things like that that uh, we don't have as so much control over that but we can control how good our skill level is can you tell us about your 500th win yeah, that seems like a long time ago. It was back in 2019. Uh, we went 5-0 and in a tournament in Wichita. Uh-huh. And actually the championship game, which was the 500th, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was thinking, man, we're 4-0. and This team we're playing, I don't know how we're going to beat them. And uh, we tr- literally trailed the entire ball game. Never were ahead. But this was just a good bunch of girls that fought and fought and played together. Definitely wasn't my most talented bunch, but they understood their roles and they played so well as a team. And we get, we were down one on the last possession and called timeout, and I said, let's reverse the ball at eight. And I told my two wings, I told Kaylee and I told Kinsey, I said, whoever has it at seven, eight seconds, you've got to drive. 
I said their posts are going to help up, dish it to the open post for the shot, and Kenzie did that and got the ball to uh, Jaden Bowden for the game winner. And then I didn't know what was going on afterwards because the girls were celebrating, and Sydney Barrett from Beloit, she goes running out of the gym. I thought, what's going on here? And, <laughs> and she comes back, and they, the girls had some stuff for me, and, and Sydney had prepared a video. So it was a pretty emotional time. Had interviews from some of the previous Lakers. That was a pretty awesome thing that Sydney did. So that was pretty exciting. You do so well on describing the games. I feel like I'm there, and I can picture <laughs> the games. And I am Tamara Wallace on the front porch, and I have been talking with Todd Clover from Cocker City, Kansas. Todd founded the Wakanda Lakers, a girls' high school traveling basketball team, and is the head coach. We have learned why the Wakanda Lakers are successful. When we come back from break, we will learn about a few of his past players. Tamara Wallace here on the front porch, and I have been visiting with Todd Clover from Cocker City, Kansas. Todd founded the Wakanda Lakers, a high school girls basketball traveling team, and is the head coach. We have learned about the successes of the Wakanda Lakers. Now we will learn from Todd about some of his past players. In the first segment, you talked about your family farm. Do most of your players come from farm families? Well, quite a few of them. I, uh, really like having the, the work ethic of the farm kids so uh, i that's definitely one of the things that i look at actually a lot of the girls that i already mentioned the brenda eilert uh, shelby siebel we're going to talk about uh, keely kenobi vanessa christine bailey brown uh, lauren welchel uh, current player carly bremer all farm kids all with the great work ethic and uh, uh, so there's no doubt that that helps them become better basketball players has any girl from another team decided they wanted to be on your team yeah, there's an interesting story about that. Uh, a few years ago, we are playing in a Hayes tournament, and the gyms uh, run side-by-side side to each other, so you have to cross some courts, uh, sidelines, to uh, to leave the gym. And uh, my high school girls are playing, and I noticed this young group of girls, uh, they're starting to go through our gym as we're playing, but they stop, and they watch the most of the second half. And I noticed that uh, their jerseys were from southwest Kansas, and you know, I didn't think anything more about it. And uh, a few years later, I asked Trinity Luters to be a Laker, and I didn't know it was Trinity and her mom that were on that young team. Trinity was on, that her mom was coaching, and uh, they stopped and watched the game. And while they were watching the game, they reached an agreement that oh, we want to play on that to have Trinity be part of the <laughs> Lakers. Well, sure enough, a few years later, I asked her to be on it, and she was with us for four years. As I said earlier, Trinity uh, did the most workouts with me at 62, and she holds most of our Lakers uh, skill records. Keely Kenobi was on your team as well. You've mentioned her. She credited you to having a great basketball IQ. Tell us what that means to you. Well, Keely uh, is pretty special young lady in in so many ways so you know hearing hearing her say that means a whole lot to me and uh lots of lots of good stories i can talk about keely first time uh, i worked with her doing uh try to teach her the pro hop uh, which is a finishing move and i must have done a poor job because keely couldn't figure it out and if keely can't figure it out that means i wasn't doing a good job and and ironically maggie Labertu was watching us and maggie plays for us now because she was in the gym at the time and but the next time uh, we got together keely had it down and then she started doing it in games and the oohs and ahs from the crowd that were so impressed with what she could do and keely holding our uh, record for uh, 
range drill, getting out uh, to 32 feet, just missing from 34 feet uh, because of her great mechanics. You know, a lot of things about about Keeley, uh, and I think uh, you were going to ask me, she talks about the meals that we always had prepared. That was probably more about her mom and the moms preparing those ideas as opposed to me. But we like to get together and, and do those things. And a lot of times in Wichita, we would go to the chicken and pickle because obviously they had the food that we liked, but then mm-hmm. they have all the games there. And, and one of the good stories about Keely is Keely's a golfer. Her siblings are golfers, and she wanted to go to Top Golf at Nationals. So we went to Top Golf, and Keely is a really good golfer. But I have to say, the rest of the girls, uh, they have no hope with their golf game. <laughs> they were awful. I got video to prove it. And, uh, but that was so much fun, and the girls had the fun, and that's what it was all about. I know that you're aware of, uh, because of your daughter that was such a talented singer along with Keely, I would go to their school plays. And graduation where they sang and just mm-hmm. all all, yeah. all the you know volleyball tournaments and all that I just yeah. go to those things to support the girls because it's more than basketball it really is about uh, the Lakers family yes I can vouch you were there so that <laughs> <laughs> and they did a great job and Shelby Siebold was in your program as well tell us about her yeah Shelby from Clay Center farm girl Played for me for a couple of years, just really talented and super motivated, competitive from that really good Clay Center basketball program. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes with high school girls, uh, it is so tough because uh, there's there's jealousy when someone is really talented and really good. And, yeah. you know, you might have some players have issues with coaches, parents. There's just it's it's tough on a lot of the high school girls. Uh, you know, sadly, I get lots of lots of messages uh, throughout the season. Well, I can't wait for basketball season to be over so we can start the Lakers stuff. Well, that's you know, it's a bad day for them, and I have to kind of walk them off the ledge, talk them off the ledge, and say, you know, everything is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, Shelby, she just commented that she just loved playing with girls that were totally committed to being a Laker and how much fun that she had. And because you know, they were state teams at Clay Center and highly successful what they did there too and kind of kind of along those same lines you know another team multi-team state was Trinity Looters you know she just made the comment of what Lakers meant to her was much more than a basketball program kind of along the family theme she says yes it helped me achieve my dream of becoming a collegiate basketball player and receiving a scholarship but it helped helped me create a family she said from other experiences she hasn't always felt that she was part of that team the Lakers created a positive atmosphere for me to grow and become who I am today. Even now, after graduating and not being part of the Lakers program, I can always reach out to anyone. And, you know, Trinity being a 4.0 student and such a great teammate, and I thought she expressed really well what it means to be part of the Lakers because she knows there's always in the right team situations, the right family situation, there's always people you know that you can count on. Mackenzie Shippey was on the team as well. Tell us about her. Yeah, Mackenzie is a, a pretty special Laker, a pretty special young lady from Harrington, Kansas. And uh, we first recruited her, and, uh, and actually the video they made for my 500th win, she made the comment herself about, don't know why you uh, recruited me, because I wasn't very good when when you first recruited me and talked about how she became a college basketball player because of being a Laker. But, uh, you know, Kenzie also talked about the support that she got for being part of the Lakers family. And she ended up going to Friends University, 
and mm-hmm. college, just like high school, it's it's not easy for the girls. There's competition for minutes. Uh, you have the motivated girls that uh, that want your playing time, and it was kind of an up and down roller coaster ride for her at Friends, especially the first three years. You know, we had lots of conversations throughout the winter, even when she was in college, about you know just keep doing what you're doing, keep working, wait for your opportunity, and and things will get better. And after her junior year, there were some girls that came in that year, and her playing times sometimes was was pretty limited, and she was kind of down and. And the two of us had to have a conversation about, you know, we put a lot, a lot of time and effort into this, and let's make the most out of her senior year. And her senior year, she was voted the team MVP and led her team mm. to the uh, conference tournament championship game. And after she was all done and her basketball career was over, I said, "You do you remember what I told you after you played your last game for the Lakers, she said, I most certainly do. You told me that I would be successful in college because of my mental toughness. She said, it didn't mean anything to me then, but she says, I learned how correct that was because it was Mm -hmm. so much about being mentally tough and getting through the tough times Mm -hmm. at the collegiate level. Tell us about former K-State ball player Kendra Wecker. Well, Kendra, obviously the the famous K-State alum and uh, she actually uh, became very good friends with uh, with Chelsea Welch that we mentioned earlier because they actually roomed together, Welch and Wecker, do the alphabet there, for, in Colorado Springs for Team USA. They ended up, when Kendra went to Oklahoma, Chelsea and Kendra were uh, doing basketball workouts and coaching teams together, and they actually came to Beloit. I had them come put on camps and, and do individual lessons with uh, my Lakers players. So we got to know Kendra really, really well. And she was actually a great recruiting tool for me because girls growing up at that time, their hero, their idol was Kendra Wecker because she was so awesome. Fourth pick in the WNBA draft, uh, won the pump pass, national pump pass and kick contest, multi-time All-American at K-State. And Mariah Jones was a good friend of Vanessa that I mentioned earlier. And we were recruiting her to be a Laker. She was mm-hmm. She had scholarship offers at D2 in three sports. We really wanted to add her to our team. So I was talking to Mariah, and she was real close to committing. She just didn't know. And I said, by the way, you'll get to do workouts with Kendra Wecker. And her eyes lit up, and I don't think she believed me. So she (laughs) said, well, I'll talk to my mom about it, and we'll get back to you. So as soon as Mariah left the gym, I got on the phone with Kendra, and I said, send a quick text to this number to Mariah and tell her you can't wait to work for her and work with her and about 10 minutes later i get a note from mariah says i just got a call from kendra wecker she says i want to play for the lakers so yeah kendra was a good recruiting tool because everybody loved kendra and wanted to work with her so a few years later maybe five or six years later kirsten berger i was recruiting her so i thought well i'll just use that same philosophy and i'll say and you'll get to work with kendra wecker and once again this was maybe six years later and kirsten says Who's Kendra Wecker? You know, she just was too young when yeah. she was dominating at K-State and all that. So I yeah. had to tell Kendra. She said, yeah, I'm just a thing of the past now. And it was, we, we laughed about it. So Kendra was so good at working with the kids, uh-huh. her and Chelsea, and uh, they meant so much to the early years of the Lakers program and just a really special person. What do you think is the most important quality for a successful basketball coach like yourself? Wow, that's, that's an interesting question. Uh, you know, I, I can't really speak for others, but for me, uh, we never discussed winning and losing. That's not part of uh, our vocabulary. We don't talk about that. We discuss doing things the right way. And I tell the girls if we do the right 
things the right way, the winning and losing will take care of itself. So that's about the, the team practice stuff that we do, the meetings before and after games, and, and talking about what we want to do and how we want to execute, how we want to play together and be, a, and be unselfish. And to me, uh, that is when, when you have a culture that uh, is, is based on that, then you can be successful as a coach. It has nothing to do with the wins and the losses. What do you think are the biggest challenges facing basketball coaches today? Oh, wow. Uh, on, on the high school level, there are so many challenges for them, and, the, the, you know, the majority of them do such a great job. But I don't think there's any question probably the uh, the biggest issue is parents, you know, the parents that mm-hmm. they care about their kid and not the team, and uh, that's yeah. really hard for parents not to do. But, uh, you know, I see I see this everywhere. You know, it ruins players. It ruins teams. Uh, you know, sadly, there are so many girls that uh, can't wait for their high school seasons to be over. And a lot of time it's because of parents or someone else's parent. And this is why I eliminate that issue right mm-hmm. up front. You know, people think I go to the games to see how good the girls are. When I go to watch somebody, I already know I'm going to ask them to play unless I see uh, the behavior I don't want from the parents. Tamara Wallace here on the front porch visiting with Todd Clover from Cocker City, Kansas. He is the founder and head basketball coach of the Wakanda Lakers, a high school girls basketball traveling team. Since 1990, Todd has been coaching a total of 33 years, the past 13 years with his Lakers team, and earned his 500th win in 2019. His Laker team has qualified for the national championship for six years. He grew up on a farm and is an insurance agent for Farm Bureau. Todd, you are admired by your players that credit you for improving their development as a better basketball player. Your passion to help these young athletes is admired by all in the North Central communities, not only just in basketball, but you prepare them for life off the court. Todd, thank you for joining us on the front porch and to everyone who has joined our conversation today. It was my pleasure.